Welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends discuss movies that they love, but maybe no one's ever even heard of. I'm Elaine. <laughs> John. I'm Tony. Each of us has picked a specific movie genre. I have vampires. Yes. I have science fiction fantasy. I have trauma and romance. I have action adventure. We take turns selecting former movie genre movies that, in our opinions, have not received the respect they deserve. You won't see these films on anyone's top ten list, but maybe by listening to our podcast, you can give these films a second chance. Today's pick on the podcast is Tony's pick, 2009's Daybreakers. I, I have to interrupt this for breaking news. Why does your dog think that he wants pistachios? He might. <laughs> He's put his paw up on my chair three times so far, and we've only been in here three minutes. And he's like, Mom, could you share your pistachios? And I'm like, this is not for you. What oh, you he ate it. And he it and ate it. And That's like something he, that happens at my parents' house. Killers eats nuts. You might like him. Now I'm going to have to Google, will pistachios kill your dog? He's a 100-pound Rottweiler. I'm sure hey, a yeah. pistachio will not kill you. Yesterday I had like to Google, anymore. is dill okay for dogs? And the answer is yes. Yeah, he can eat a, a bowl of chocolate and be fine. Especially he could dogs. not eat a bowl of chocolate and be fine. You don't know. He yeah. could eat he could eat a bowl of that of chocolate. It's if they say with the chocolate thing, it's more that they'll like chocolate and then you gotta watch them because they'll hunt chocolate. So if you gave him like a couple pieces of chocolate, he'll be like, Ooh, I like chocolate and then he might eat all your chocolate and then Look, he will I talked to the vet lady, she's like it's it's like a pound of chocolate per thirty pounds for it and kill. Yeah. It's less than pounds. it's less than a pound of chocolate per thirty pounds. Whatever the fuck it was. It was a lot of trouble. And it also depends on your dog. And because he's a dog, we have no idea how much, like, what his actual health level is. He goes to the doctor once a year. It's not like they're checking his liver enzymes or making sure his <laughs> kidneys work great. They're just like, does he seem fine? And we're like, yes. And they're like, well, his weight's in line and he doesn't have they worms. Do he's work. good. <laughs> they do blood work on the dog. I'm Did you sure. say what movie you're doing? Daybreakers. Daybreakers. Okay. <laughs> dog breakers. Also, I'm pretty sure he can eat a pistachio. I love a good tangent. <laughs> I know. Whether Hopefully has... we'll have one. <laughs> this episode is about pistachios and dogs. Are pistachios bad for dogs? They can make your dog very sick. Uh-oh. If they eat the whole bag. I have no idea. I have <laughs> yeah, no idea. Yeah, if they eat a shitload of them, he won't even notice. It's mostly uh, the shells that are the problem. Oh, well, these okay. shells. There's a certain amount of salt, probably. <laughs> well, there's no shells in these salt. All right. Well, Rotten Tomatoes, uh, the critics gave it a 68, and the audience gives it a 49. Oh, just Metacritic well, gave... cashews are very bad, so don't give them any of my cashews. Okay. Only check these. Metacritic gives it a 57%. The budget was $20 million, and it ended up grossing $51.4 million. Hmm. It was written and directed by Michael Spieng... And Peter Spring, I don't know how to say their names. They basically did this, uh, a movie called Predestination, and a movie called Undead that I haven't seen either. Hmm. Um, it's starring Ethan Hawke. Welcome back to the podcast? Question mark. I don't think he's been in anything that we've done. I have a movie that I want to do with him in. Ethan Hawke. Hmm. Seven. But I haven't picked it yet. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. What? Magnificent Seven. He's in that. I want to mm-hmm. do it for the podcast. Why won't you pick it? Because it's not time for that yet. It's on the list. Why are you watching 
why are me, why are you making me watch stuff like Boondock Saints when we could be watching the Magnificent Seven? Magnificent is a magnificent Saint Patrick Saint Patrick Magnificent Saint Patrick's Day magnificent. movie and you magnificent. Pick, I, I go with the theme of the month. Thank you. And Magnificent Seven has its mm. own month, and we'll go with that. Well, at least you're not picking uh, Training Day. Well, Ethan Hawke was in Black Phone, Sinister, Reality Bites, and Training Day. Ethan Hawke has, uh, I think it's Blumhouse. He's worked out this pretty decent deal with them where he gets percentages of horror, of the horror movies he's in. That's why he's in a shitload of horror movies lately. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of the opposite of what you were saying about the uh, Boondocks guy mm-hmm. where he's like, look, we're not going to pay you, but we're going to give you money on the back end. Mm-hmm. And it's horror. So if, if it does anything, it'll be a crazy amount because we paid $2 million mm-hmm. for this movie, but it'll make $20 million. And he keeps killing it with this. So Willem Dafoe, welcome back. He's mm-hmm. in Death Note, Streets of Fire, um, Boondocks. Great movie. Yeah, Boondock Saints. Sam Neill, welcome back. He was in Thor Ragnarok. He's been in Jurassic Park, and he was he, in Hunt, Hunt for the Wilder People. Yeah, Hunt for the Wilder People. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, so good. No, it's not. <laughs> so good. You like that movie? That movie is delightful. We all <laughs> like that movie. I hate it. John doesn't like it because there's a song. If there was a farmer and his Wilder People. <laughs> New boys any good? If the haikus had been songs, <laughs> I mean, I have four reviews for this movie. Well, good. Found it Wendy, so now we're even. Because two were funny, <laughs> and two weren't. No, two were just regulars. So. Mm-hmm. so this one is from Harry Plinkett, fourteen. Mm-hmm. This horror. I just did a review by Harry. By the same guy. Okay, so I'm listening to old episodes of their podcast. <laughs> and I'm 100% sure I used that Henry Plinkett 14. I used him as a review when I did um, <clears throat> not not my birthday pick, but the one I did before that. I just, mm-hmm. like, something over the summer I did. Okay. Okay. Because well, I recently, because I recently heard that one. Oh, okay. Well. You were making fun of me because I was saying the guy's name and you were like, there's 14 Henry Plinketts? Oh, I do remember that. <laughs> He says the horror in this movie is the bad script. This is Mm. so awkward, illogical, and unbelievably boring. I stopped watching halfway through. This is the only film that ever made that has vampires in it, but you wouldn't know because they don't act like vampires. One star. Yeah, they do. Another review is, where's Wesley Snipes when you need him? <laughs> John almost spit mimosa all over the table. That's great. He said, I can say nothing worse about Daybreakers than I'd rather be watching Blade 4. Wow. <laughs> Most vampire movies are utter balls. On one hand, it's all techno music, impractical clothing, and farcical weaponry. We've got glass bullets full of sunlight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, mate. Whatever you say. On the other hand, it's god-awful, self-absorbed teenagers blathering on about love and immortality and so on. Amazingly, Daybreakers manages to combine the worst of both worlds. And that's fatal! Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, this one is uh, from the, the RPG Geek. Mm-hmm. He says, 10 out of 10, better than expected, really. For some reason, I went there expecting a B-plus movie at best, but what I got was much more pleasant. First of all, let me say I was happy to see a vampire movie in theaters that I was both enticed to go see and happy there was no tween girls losing their minds over it. There you go. Mm-hmm. This is the other one. Is it the funny one? This one's from Candy Crush. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you what this movie is really about. It's about the Rona and not actually <laughs> flu, but the juice that they give you all and how it's going to change everybody. Yes, it is. 
Just wait. <laughs> so now we're vampires? This movie is fire for vampire movie people. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Wow. This is uh, about the Rona. It's about the Rona. That's what Candy Crush says. So. But this was 2019, right? This, no, 2009. Yeah, but this... This was way before the Rona. Well, this review is in 2021. Yeah, but this movie is way before the Rona. Well, this is foreshadowed. We had not created the Rona at this point. Not yet. China's, China was still cooking it up. China's got a lot of help, Jack. Henry Plank, or Harry Plank at 14 did The Golden Child. Ah, see, oh. I knew it was recent. <laughs> we did listen to that yesterday. We did listen to that yesterday. That must have been what it is. That guy is just rude. <laughs> he, he wouldn't know a good movie if it bit him in the ass. Well, he liked Godfather Part 3. Now I'm just looking at him. He liked Godfather Part He did Part not three. like The Ruins. You didn't? <laughs> no. Well, I think I'm the only person that liked The Ruins. So. He did liked we, The Godfather we Part 2. You listened to that yesterday, too? Mm-hmm. Did you really? Mm-hmm. He did oh, not like... He didn't like Gangs of New York or else. Seen Gangs of One out of ten. Both movies. <laughs> Both those movies you are should. better than you a one out of ten. <laughs> I mean, Elf has that guy from Elf in it. <laughs> I'm just trying to see if there's any other movies. We've... He yeah. gave a 9 out of 10 well, to Jackie Brown. I mean, I'm I sure like Jackie Brown, but... Never... 1 out of 10 for Interstellar. 1 out of 10? Yeah. Don't you like that movie? I don't know. It's a good movie, I've but never it, actually gets, seen it. it gets up its own ass a lot at the end. This guy also seems like he's up his own ass. Well, 5 out of 10 for Hateful Eight. Really? That's kind of high. Yeah. <laughs> Hateful Eight kind of sucks. Anyways, I just was one out of ten for The Golden Child. <laughs> I would give Hateful Eight more slack if it was made during COVID. <laughs> like all right cool yeah i'd give it more slack if it had a ending that was not painful to watch you're like what is going on he was down there the whole time sure what'd you think going in john hey Dave breakers not dog breakers oh then i watched the wrong movie no sorry i thought ethan hunt vampires or ethan hawk what did i say you said Ethan Hunt, which is the character for Mission Impossible. <laughs> Pulls his mask off, takes the fangs out. It's Tom Cruise the whole time. <laughs> I think I'd be a cool movie movie. Right <laughs> The Great Wall. Oh my God, fuck you! You said what? <laughs> One out of ten for The Great Wall. That movie is great. Yes, the ending is dumb. But that movie is so good. And that chick is the most badass. And they ride Chinese lanterns. Come on. (laughs) Okay. Movie is awesome. I'm sorry. I did interrupt you. You know who's (laughs) in the Great Wall? Willem Dafoe. (laughs) Oh, yeah, he is. Movie's so good. One out of ten for Crocodile Dundee two mm-hmm. and Crocodile Dundee in L.A. Well, nobody but liked Crocodile the first Dundee one and Crocodile Dundee two is good. One I really like it for yeah. Rocky. In many four. ways, better than the first. Yeah. <laughs> he gave Rocky four a one out of ten. He gave Rambo three a one out of ten. All right, fuck this. Rocky thing. three ten out of ten. That's my favorite. <laughs> but I'm the only 10 person. Out of ten and Rocky four one out of ten. Mm-hmm. That's quite a I do love Rocky Three the best out of all the Rockies, I mean, but I'm not. But that's not the norm. But do you think Rocky Four is a one? No. Yeah. <laughs> Rocky brought down the Iron Curtain. He defeated communism. He did. Um, no one took forty. Anyway, rounds he's of done a lot of reviews. <laughs> yeah. One out of ten. Under the worst Rocky movie is definitely Rocky Five. Three out of ten for Crocodile Dundee. Tommy Gunn. <laughs> yeah, I hate that. One. Three out of ten. I mean, that was a well, that was an interesting concept. But I just heard a thing that the new Creed movie is Rocky Five, but better. Wow. Well, like, it wouldn't be that hard. Be. Like it follows the same premise. I mean, it's really Five. only. Ah! <laughs> So wait, wait she's really vested if in If he head. says something about the Meg, we're going no, after no. <laughs> 10 out of 10 for Mono's Hands of Fate. Well, then this guy needs to be locked up somewhere next to El Dol- Dolce or whatever the fuck his name is. 
if he thinks if he thinks Mano's hands of fate. I've never seen that. I don't need to. It's a it's a mystery science theater. It's a mystery science theater that Tony and I have seen. One out of ten for kindergarten cop. One out of ten for Alien. Oh my God! For aliens, what? Yeah, this guy's a mental patient. We could stop. Put he it said down. a lot of reviews. He's a Russian bot, <laughs> <laughs> not a real person. Hey, what do you think about this movie? Carly? What do you think about going to college? I never heard of it. Never heard of it at all. <laughs> Except for when you said maybe I'll do Daybreakers. That's, but that doesn't mean it stayed in my brain. <laughs> I thought I like a vampire movie. Didn't I like Ethan Hawke? Ethan Hawke was so good in Moon Knight. Why didn't people like Moon Knight? I kind of want to watch Moon Knight again. I like and Moon those Knight. were my thoughts. Moon Knight. I was just disappointed because they were saying that he might be Dracula in the Moon Knight thing, and then it ended up he wasn't the Dracula. What's that called? That would have been cool. Would have been more interesting. You mean Drake? Well. People don't call him that. He's Dracula in that. Yeah. No, he's Drake. Nowadays, people he goes by Drake. Mm-hmm. Apparently, John hangs out with him more than I do. He doesn't like me because I beat him up on my birthday. Every year. Well, the film starts with a sunset and a bat suddenly flies past the screen. Gotcha. Uh, a couple of times, bats in this movie scared me. Yeah. We cut to a young girl. She hands, hand writes a letter and leaves it on the desk and then walks outside as the sun's coming up. She looks up. She's a vampire. We get flashes of the note, phrases like, I'm never going to grow up, never going to change, never going to give you up, never going to let you down. Oh, wait, no, that's... <laughs> She's always that's fighting. just for Audra. Can't go on. She screams as daylight touches her skin and never bursts into give, flames. Never going to give, And dies. <laughs> I will say now that... What's that? He did give the Mega one out of ten. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> you! Fuck this dude. And now I'm turning it off. <laughs> Why? Your shirt matches your phone case. What's your favorite color? I do like this color. <laughs> I will apologize because this chick is named Audrey, mm-hmm. and I kept thinking and writing Audra because you say Audra's name so much. <laughs> so I may call her Audra throughout this. I don't well, know. Well, she's yet. not a bad character. So. No, I know. It's just <laughs> when I hear the name Audrey, I always think of Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. Audrey, too. Mm-hmm. We go to credits montage around an empty city. We mm-hmm. see. Signs that are just kind of giving us a little exposition. The outbreak was 10 years ago. How the a single, German blood substitute didn't work. How a single bat started it all. Yeah, like life. Leave a Chinese lab. You can get some infinity white toothpaste to keep your teeth white forever. Then the sun goes down and everyone comes out. Humans were offered a chance to assimilate, but they refused. Therefore, they're enemies of the state and will be captured. And farmed for blood supply. Says the senator. It's raining. We see a homeless vampire. What do uh, you mean by assimilate? Become vampires. Yeah, but if you... Well, mm-hmm. I guess the problem is if you kill all the humans, then you don't have any food. But... Mm-hmm. Which is what we... But I should here. be able to choose not to become a vampire and get to live in my human conclave where I have to donate blood every three days. You would think. Which is what you... Sh- what, well... Mm-hmm. I guess which is what they should do if they want to keep that you you raise livestock, not turn it into a blood farm. You want free range chicken. They have the best <laughs> eggs. The uh, homeless vampire has a claw for a hand and he swipes at a couple walking by. And the uh, vampire police grab him and take him down. We see Edward Dalton, that's Ethan Hawke. Dalton? Pull, pulls up his. Uh, 
car pulls up in his car and there's no reflection in the rearview mirror. What are you doing? I threw a pistachio to your dog and They're he didn't deadly. see it. And they couldn't find it. <laughs> and I, was, I threw fatal. it at him again. He That's missed it fatal. again. <laughs> pistachio to your doggy's mouth. That's fatal. He catches it when you throw it, but I threw it to him twice. He didn't catch it. And then I had to show him where it was on the dog. carpet. I'm not giving you any more trail. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Hits to the subway. We see people getting blood in their coffee, and the, the place is still serving twenty percent blood. In the sewers, we te- we see two monstrous vampires attack each other. Mm-hmm. Edward enters Bromley Marks, goes through a scanner. It recognizes him as the chief hematologist. Yeah, there's like six bio scans. Mm-hmm. That's how you know it's secure. Maybe they're scanning for different things. <laughs> I thought maybe they were like decontaminating him because mm-hmm. he's going into a lab, a special lab. Could have been. He enters his workspace after he's a hematologist. He walks by the <laughs> blood farm, which with thousands of people hooked up to blood draining machines, which is kind of like in the Matrix, which is what I thought of. I mean, John's like it's the vampire final solution. True, but it was. Like, in the Vampire Final Solution, though, they were, like, in bags. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in the Matrix, they were, like, in pods. Both of these things were less upsetting than just a naked person where you could kind of see, like, patches of their pubic hair. (laughs) And they were being held there by collars around their neck. Well, the thing I... Because I watched this, like, five times or whatever (laughs) for this. But the uh, thing that about that is, in the Matrix, we're obviously asleep... Or whatever, mm-hmm. and awake in the Matrix, and in in Blade, they're unconscious. Yeah. But in this, I don't know if you watched it with, because um, I didn't really hear it as much as they say it. But if you have it with uh, subtitles on, you can hear them all crying. Yeah. I was like, fuck. So they're awake, just sitting there. But they're at least a little aware. Yeah. They're... <laughs> well, that's up. Ups- that's extra upsetting. That's extra upsetting. I got that though. I could hear it. I so, should be but in a, it, uh, it's, but, it's almost like they're going to ride a roller coaster or something. Yeah. It's a specialty seat that like, has a hit part. You would think. <laughs> I assumed it has something up their Raptor? prison wallet and something up their box or whatever. <laughs> taking the stuff out, you know. I don't know. It was really weird. Like, you got to keep them alive. It I mean, didn't seem like the most efficient way to keep humans for a blood farm. It seems like maybe it should have been a row of hospital beds. With everybody on like an IV drip. You know what they needed? Dr. Morbius, who made fake blood on Ray. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, after Ed checks on his blood substitute, it fails. Um, he heads to a meeting where a bunch of important vampire, I assume, investors are, are uh, waiting. Uh, basically, you're waiting for Deacon Frost to walk in and start talking to them. Mm-hmm. But uh, he. Something about the spirit of the 12. Yeah. The vampire uh, wiped his ass with it. Say that they've been performing studies on, on blood deprivation on an inmate, and they have found that if they're not kept full of blood and fed pretty well, they the, all the vampires will degenerate into mindless, grotesque beasts. And it progresses a lot faster than they thought. Yeah. And they seem to be dead set on human blood. Can they not drink anything else? Well, yes, because Ethan Hawke doesn't drink human blood. He only drinks pig blood. So, Which is what his brother says. But you can tell that um, those are also running out. But Ethan Hawke gets the first symptoms is the pointed ears. And he gets it. So it looks like it doesn't sustain them as well as human blood. They also had a funny beat on one of the news things that 
random people are needing blood so bad they need to stop doing this. What they're doing is running out into the woods and snatching up animals and biting them, drinking their blood and not killing them. And then the vampire, the animal turns into a vampire. The animal doesn't know it's a vampire and runs into the forest and the sun comes and it bursts into flames and it's causing forest fires everywhere. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, and they can't, they don't have the resources to fight to the fight forest the fire. fires. Because fire. they can like, only be out at night, so they can't do the... It's like, okay. You know what? That's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that sucks. Stop making vampire chickens. <laughs> Or deer, or yeah, stop making vampire deer. You're causing forest fires. <laughs> well, the CEO Smokey the Bear says, "Don't bite me." <laughs> CEO of Romney Marks has a one-on-one with Edward. His name's Charles. He says uh, he he was dying of cancer when the world changed. He wants to move forward forward with this barely tested tested blood solution substitution. They have to. Yeah, there's only, they estimate there's only five percent of the population is still human, or it's even less than that. Like it's. It's becoming bad. Well, this is what would happen if vampires were real. Edward returns to the labs. The blood substitution is working somewhat on animal testing. Hey, buddy. But uh, Edward's very wary about using it on humans. The guy in the lab uh, who ends up being Chris is... is uh, said, said we have to... We have to move forward. Move forward it's with it. working on it's animals, getting, and we need to move on. And it's starting to get really. It's time for human trials. Really bad out Cause there. Because they show a, a vampire chimp, and it's working, and it's stable. So it's time to try it on humans. Chris said there were, he heard in the news a group of kids dug up a bunch of graves at a cemetery, just looking for any kind of blood that they could find. It's getting that bad out there. So Edward sets up a demo of the blood substitute. Um, for the for big the, wigs. Yeah, the administrators. The uh, they test the blood, the, the temporary blood or whatever on the subject, and uh, his temperature starts rising above room temperature, and he's like, "It's fine, it's fine. We expected it to do that." <laughs> and then it starts going up more and more, and he's like, "Okay, well, that's a little more than we thought, but it's still within tolerable." And then it starts to go up really high, and then he's like, "Oh shit!" And he goes, "How do you feel?" And he goes, "I feel fine." And then he throws up all over this nurse that's right next <laughs> so to him. So gross! And then yeah. his skin starts to bubble. And then he starts up. bubbling and growing all grotesque and stuff. And they run over and get some whatever drug, and they shoot him up. And then he stabilizes, and everyone's like, "Okay, cool." And he's and he goes, "You okay now?" And he goes, "Ow!" And then he fucking explodes into a bunch of shit everywhere. Yeah. Very yeah. Must have been that EDTS, whatever it was. It was a messy day at the office. <laughs> yeah. That poor nurse. Some motherfucker's always trying to ice skate up here. First, some dude throws up all over you. Then you have parts of his head on you. <laughs> yeah, then his head explodes. There better be showers at that office. Violently. I think you get to go home after that. <laughs> if a guy throws up and then explodes on you, no, you get paid day off. I mean, there better be a shower in that. Nope, paid day off. I'm going home. I'm not going home before I get that off me. Right. <laughs> Boss... Going home? Not going home smelling like that. Yeah, there's got to be a clean room or yeah. whatever in this lab. I'm sure there's a shower. <laughs> so Edward leaves. Obviously, he's upset. He just stares at the blood farm. He goes for the home for the night. He drives. He has a... Uh, and he's clean. <laughs> the radio's filled up with stories of blood riots going on worldwide now. He so runs. in the trivia... Okay, so they show footage on the news of rioting. And in the trivia, they said that those scenes were not filmed for the movie. They used actual mm-hmm. police footage of riots. Mm-hmm. They didn't say where, what police department, or mm-hmm. what country, or where, but it's actual news footage of police putting down rioters. Or I should say law enforcement, because mm-hmm. I don't know where it is. They don't say. He runs his hand through his hair, and he notices that one of his ears is becoming long- elongated to a point. He mm-hmm. looks at his camera mirror, 
and is uh, distracted as he checks it out in the mirror in this camera thing and almost hits a van. They both swerve and crash. Edward gets out to check on the other car. People jump out of it and uh, shoot him with the crossbow in the yeah. arm. They shoot him in the forearm. And he, he says, was? shit. <laughs> he actually says shit. Now, I don't understand. So they shoot him through the forearm, and he's got a bolt through his forearm. This obviously hurts, but doesn't kill him. Now, at multiple points, vampires are shot with crossbows and explode. Yeah, they hit him in the heart. But I feel like not all the vampires that were shot were hit in the heart. They were hit in the heart. That's how they do it, because other guys later in the movie get hit, and then nothing happens. And they hit the heart, and they explode. It's just really weird. So, Edward's stunned to see people just running around, but he says, look, I can help you. The car is Yeah, the car, car is really wrecked real bad, and the police, the VCPD, are on their way. He tells them to get into his car. Um, then he activates the day mode. They're, they have these day modes for these cars where they have a little camera on top that puts, move, puts the screen on it so you can see, kind of like our backup cameras, mm-hmm. and all the windows are covered so that vampires can drive during the day. So they all jump in his car. The night mode comes on, and the police show up, mm-hmm. and they're like, you know, is everything okay? What's going on? He shows them his badge. Look, it's okay. There were some people on the other one. They ran off that way, and the police are like, okay, well, be careful, and then they go looking for the people. Um, while he's talking to the police, um, Audra... Audrey, Audrey. Mm-hmm. Audrey, the chick, the girl, looks at his ID badge, gets his name, his address, and his birthday, and she said, tells him happy birthday. She looked like she was going to try to steal the car, but he took the keys with him. Yeah. yeah. And you find out he, she's a hematologist. I thought he was going to give him his car. I really did. Mm-hmm. I thought his car would be tracked. <laughs> Ed gets home. An hour before sunrise, because the neighborhood uh, alarm starts announcing mm-hmm. an hour before sunrise. The news says that in, t- in ten years since the world became vampires, and uh, then they talk a little bit more about the wildfires with the vampire animals, um, and that everyone should take advantage of the subwalk. It's this new underground tunnel system that they've made so that vampires can walk around during the day under the city, and all the. This, if you see, all the buildings have walkways from them each other, so they're all connected. I've seen this underground stuff before. It was in a little, a little movie called Resident Evil. It didn't work out well. <laughs> <laughs> then Ed's brother, Frankie, <clears throat> comes in the back door. He gets a notification. Back door ajar. Yeah. Back door ajar. After this, my brother breaks in. Okay, I'm locking my back door. Just, <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, I'm just going to lock my back door now, though. Or my brother who works for the military, is going to lock the back door behind him. Uh-huh. And he has a gift for his 35, in quotation marks, year old brother. 100% pure human blood. He said this is, I think he says this is his ninth 35-year-old. Year old and he won't drink it. Ed says, no, nah, he's disgusted by that. He only drinks pig's blood. He said, life's a bitch and then you don't die. He pours it down the drain. Like, that's an important, I mean, come on now. We find out that Frank hunts humans. Frankie hunts humans. That's why he can get that much blood. Yeah, like it's the military being on the front lines. Yeah, they go back and forth. Look, I, you know, you're trying to make the blood substitute to save people, but I have to find the humans. Otherwise, we all turn into monsters. It's like there's they're arguing back and forth. There's really no. And it's an old argument. Yeah. It's made clear that this always happens. It dumps the blood down the sink, and Frank, Frankie smashes the bottle against the wall. Just then, a wild vampire comes in through the back. 
because we didn't lock the back door. The were locked and starts licking the wall and scratching the wall with its clawed wings. Because, well, he needs blood. Yeah. It attacks Frankie, launching him across the house. Edward keeps it at bay with a stool. And uh, then Frankie, you know, recovers and decapitates it. The police forensics show up later and tell Ed that this has happened to three other houses in this neighborhood. They mm-hmm. find a uh, wedding ring on the vampire, and it has a name on it. Ed re- recognizes it as the local gardener, but he'd only seen him two weeks ago. The detective says, well, if you look at his arm, he has bite marks on him, and he's been so, so hungry he's been drinking his own blood, and apparently that accelerates this mutation or whatever it's called. It makes him into monsters faster. So Ed takes a nap after the police leave, and his alarm tells him someone else has come in the back door. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Seriously, didn't check again? Yeah. <laughs> so he goes and checks, and it's the lady from the accident. She holds him at bay with a crossbow. She says he ha- she has a better way than blood substitution. Gives him a map on where to meet her. And then he's like, okay, goes upstairs, but on his way up, his brother is there. And asks, who was that? And he says, nobody. News explains that vampires are pulling their personal human stock from Bromley Marks and that the company will be out of blood soon. Edward meets with his boss, Charles. Charles mm-hmm. wants Ed to hurry back to work on the blood substitution. And Ed wants to be ensured that no, that once he finishes the blood substitute, that's it. No more human banks and we're not going to hurt people anymore. And Charles says, look, Edward, it's naive to think that that's what we're going to do course the blood substitute will be great for 90 percent of vampires but there's always going to be vampires that will pay extra for the real thing so it's dumb to think that we're not going to control both sides of that yeah (laughs) so edward the next day or whatever a couple days later on wednesday edward drives out to this road in the country at noon with his car in day mode the girl survivor meets him there um she tells him to go ahead uh He's waiting for you. So he pulls up under a huge tree, gets in the shade with a he has hat and sunglasses on, uh, dodging sunbeams, and he meets Elvis, not Presley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he tells Ed that Lord Almighty, my temperature rising. That he says that we both have to have a future. And then somebody grabs Audrey. Or Audrey. Yeah, Audrey. Audrey, uh. <laughs> Elvis says, I was like you once, and shows him bite marks. He goes, but not no more. He ain't like that no more. <laughs> he makes Ed feel his heartbeat. It restarted <laughs> nine years ago. Yeah, which is crazy. Soldier walks Audrey over, and it's I Frankie. Like, I feel like the most unbelievable part of this whole movie is the way that this guy got his humanity back. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I just think it's... Re- you got a jump starter's heart? It's I like kickstarting heart. weird. I've heard of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But you have to have Dr. Feelgood do it. Right. He's the one that makes feel all right. I've heard that. So Frankie says, look, we have you surrounded. He's going to be your Frankenstein. <laughs> it's going to go to jail... Uh, and then in the distance, you see Hummers hauling ass towards them. Elvis knocks Frankie on his ass and says, run. And then the Hummers start shooting holes all through Elvis's vintage Mustang, which very much pisses him off. Because I love that car. They jump in Ed's car and haul ass away. The Hummers shoot holes into Ed's car, 
letting sunlight in, and then he has to jump in the back seat. And they also smash his camera so he can't see. So he has to jump in the back seat, and Elvis takes over driving. The Hummers chase the car, but Elvis jumps, slides this across this broken bridge. It's got like train tracks or something holding it together. They make it, but the, the heavier Hummers hit the Chrysler it. Chrysler makes it, but the Hummers. Yeah. Don't. And the first one hits it, smashes. It's and a Chrysler. Up. They show the symbol multiple times. <laughs> um, Audra or Audrey tells Ed uh, he did the right thing. Ed says, "Well, that was my brother." Elvis takes them to a hideout, the place. Hey. I just I was like, don't they? Can't they find his car? <laughs> you would think you so. Telling me that you have daytime technology, but you don't have like OnStar or GPS. <laughs> no. Maybe not because this takes place in 2019. Mm-hmm. Doesn't want them, and you can't just track my car. Elvis takes him to this uh, bend in the road, and he's like, um, he explains that his he he's not a scientist, but he knows the shit out of cars. That's what he's always done. He's always been into cars, and he says that. Uh, he was one of the first, if not the first, company that was making the day day mode for cars with the cameras and shit. And he said <clears throat> he wasn't into hurting people and drinking blood either. And when you don't drink enough blood, your mind starts to go. And he's driving. They show a flashback of him driving. His, he said he loved daytime driving. His little no car. cops and the roads are empty. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons why he created it. And, and he starts racing. looking at his hand because he's shaking or whatever and not paying attention to the road. And he hits... Uh, banister or whatever and is thrown right out in front of the car right where they are and in the air he bursts into flames but then falls into the river so it catches fire but immediately puts him out like the reason he took him here is because this is the place where it happened he hit the guardrail flew through the windshield got lit on fire then landed in the water and then kind of was like ended up under the culvert which was like you know shadowed him from the sun and then when he steps out into the sunlight he doesn't burn and he can feel his heart beating. He's alive again. Um, Audrey wants to recreate this. Mm-hmm. They need him to figure out what happened. Back at Bromley Marks, Charles is looking at pictures of his daughter. Frankie's brought in. Charles says Frankie did the right thing, turning his brother in. And Charles wants Edward back to continue his work. He's like, if he comes back, no charges will be filed. You can just get right back to work. Frankie's basically... A all about being this soldier enforcer and he's like I'll do whatever I have to do no matter what so Audrey Elvis and Ed are driving when she sees Ed's malformed ear she tells Elvis to pull over immediately and they make Ed drink some of her blood she does that same thing they always do in movies where they squeeze the blood in their hand and they squeeze the knife in their hand and pull it out I don't know why they always do that but because it looks cool but you wouldn't do that because now I can't use my hand you can't use your hand yeah might need for weeks yeah mm-hmm. but they uh he's like i'm not drinking that da, 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 da. they force him to drink it she's elvis like says, i'm not asking no yeah. elvis said that's not a request <laughs> he reluctantly drinks it he says we can't have you zoning out and stuff you're gonna try to save humanity mm-hmm. i have to be able to trust you around these people yeah so elvis if you're hungry you're dangerous <laughs> yeah. elvis and audrey bring him ed to their compound large part of their crew <clears throat> is a group of humans and they're learning to find other groups of humans and try and get some kind of underground resistance or something going on. They're the Underground Railroad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
They walk around the compound. Most of the humans don't want anything to do with Ed. And then we see the vampire politician from earlier in the movie. He's walking around as well, just trying to make friends with people. Doing the politician thing. Shaking hands. He's a senator. This is not the only time that he's played a political figure. Okay. He was also a political figure in Star Wars. Which one? Um, Was he Panaka? I think so. Yeah. Because there are like a thousand (laughs) Star Wars movies. Mm -hmm. Hold on, I'll tell you. Back at Bromley Marks. There's a new one coming out. Yep. <laughs> there always is. You can say that at any time. Um, you, you know that? Oh, I just assumed. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's Captain Typho. Oh, okay. Captain Typhoid. In um, the episode one and episode three. So the dog just came and put his head on the table. Do you have something you want to say to the friends? <laughs> he's yeah, not a big fan. I'm a dog. <laughs> Back at Bromley Marks, Charles is looking at a... Uh, looking at the few remaining blood farm slaves. Like every time they walk past the blood farm, there's less and less people there. Because the, the rich people are pulling their people out. And they pull a, a dead man out. They're like, look, I bought that person. That person's coming to my house, so yeah. I don't starve. <laughs> I don't think it's just that. I think that the, they're just dying. Because mm-hmm. there's oh. not, because they're... Well, they do pull a man out and he is shriveled. Because mm-hmm. like, they're probably draining too much blood from him. Yeah. Now, now riots are open are starting in, openly in the streets and at the Starbucks place they're now putting they were putting two, 20% in now they're only putting 5% in and they may not even be putting that in there and the uh, customers get they're like, really upset about it like I can't and they start a, a fight there and they start you know fighting each other over it tearing the blood bags up and spilling it all over each other so Ed and Elvis do some experiments on Elvis's blood <laughs> And uh, Ed doesn't get it. He says they tried using sunlight to purify vampire blood. It doesn't do anything. It just explodes. Elvis doesn't. He's like, I'm not a scientist, man. I don't know what the deal is with it, but I can just tell you how it works. So Ed Ed says it must have something to do where the blood can only change. Oh, my God. (laughs) Maybe if you were paying attention on your phone, that wouldn't have scared you so much. Blood can it's only change. scared me. I thought the dog just was killed. In the body. <laughs> I'm sorry for everybody listening to that on headphones. It's a jump scare. I'm easily startled. Oh. So if they can control the sunlight intake of the body, the blood can transform inside the body somehow. Ed and Audrey talk. She asks how he turned. Ed says that his brother betrayed him. Large, uh, what did I say there? Large, oh, large, um, tanks, tanks. penis. They're at a winery. Yeah, Tony <laughs> well, has not said this at this point, but they're at a winery. It's Audrey's parents' winery. Large tanks sit off to the right. Ed asks about them, and she says they're from fermentation tanks. Ed thinks that they can be used to change them back. They're exactly what they need. They can, they're airtight and they have fans in the top, suck out the air. Yeah. Put the fire out. We cut to the human team. They've uh, collected another group. We see Charles' daughter is with them now. Yeah, she's a welcome back to the podcast. Do you know what for move? What movie? No, the Meg. No, you're very close. It's Transformers. She's the oh. super smart. Atta- no, 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 no. She's in Transformers Three though. She's no, not- she's from Transformers. She's the super smart Australian chick. No, that's not her. Yes, it is. Yes, uh, it is. I think she's the supermodel from part three. 
All right, fine. I'll look again. Okay. But I'm pretty sure they said Transformers. She, it's the same she's girl. Sex, she's the Australian girl? Yeah, because this was filmed in Australia. <laughs> and she's got the touch. Okay. She's got the power? I'll, I'm, I'll I double check. That. Well, the van tire blows out while they're driving, and they have to stop and check the tire. And when they do, they see that it's a trank dart. So now they know they're fucked. Mm-hmm. And vampires just come out of the darkness and trink the fuck out of all of them. Um, Allison manages to get the radio and call to Elvis and Audrey's compound, but they use a tracer signal on the radio, and now they know where that safe house is. Way to go, dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> So the politician says, while they're they're all loading their shit up to get the hell out, they're taking all their irons. The politician says he has a cabin that they can all hide at. It says he's he's staying. He has to try this experiment because they don't have these tanks anywhere else. Elvis says he will stay because he loves a good barbecue. Audrey also stays. All right, you were right. I was wrong. She's from Revenge of the Fallen. Yeah, she's the... I thought for sure she was the chick from the first one. So, Allison wakes up in her in her father's, I guess, room at this place. Uh, She's in his office. In his office, but he has like a penthouse office. office. Yeah, it's like he lives. He doesn't seem to actually live in a house. He seems to live in the office building, which wouldn't surprise me because where the rest of them live is in housing. That is for employees of this yes. business. <laughs> he seems like the kind of guy. And, I mean, there's cells in this building. It's pretty much a one-stop shop. Charles keeps saying that <clears throat> how she's safe now, but she is worried about her friends. He says, look, they can't be saved. I'm sorry, but you can. Well, she's like, I don't want to be a vampire. And he's like, look, that's what we have to do. She stabs him and runs away. But when the door opens, Frankie's there and she... Uh, but strokes him with a rifle in her face, knocking her out. Mm-hmm. Strokes so, her butt? Yeah. yeah. So Ed's in the fermentation chamber with a tub of water and a towel. Hummers are closing in the distance. Yeah, all the other humans evacuated, but he's like, we can't leave. we got to do this experiment. Audrey uh, attaches an EKG equipment to Ed, and Elvis is in the tank with him, and an O2 mask. They let the sunlight in. They put the fire out with the... Uh, wet towel with wet blanket and they kind of just keep rinse repeating that until his heartbeat starts uh look lucky for them the ekg lead leads don't melt i don't know why that doesn't happen but, but. that's a good question because it's a movie yeah <laughs> and we need it the uh hummers pull up soldiers storm the building um ed audrey and elvis all hide in one of the tanks so they don't see them yeah, it looks like leave. maybe they were able to get away before they got there, but then we see him hiding in a tank. And the soldiers leave thinking that everybody left. So at, back at Bromley, Frankie and Charles chat a while while they're both mending because Charles got stabbed by his daughter and Frankie hurt his shoulder. Frankie says, um, look, uh, you know, I need a favor from you since you're willing to do anything and he's like yeah, not Frankie like, Mr. Bromley yes yeah Charles Charles says that to Frankie and he says okay what do, you, what do you need and he goes he wants him to turn his daughter he goes in there she fights him but he can't she can't do anything and he, he changes her one he's a vampire fights two her. he's a man <laughs> three she's a malnourished 
girl. <laughs> <laughs> All true. And three, it hurts. No, no, she's three, she's malnourished. On the no. run for ten years, she doesn't look that old. <laughs> yeah. No. She looks great. And he says, like he says when he first sees her, you, you've grown so much. Yeah. And... She was, was she like nine, eight when <laughs> when this oh, thing she, happened, and she went. I would have thought she was like twelve, thirteen, maybe. Yeah. Elvis, Audrey, and Ed go outside. Ed feels the sunlight on his skin for the first time without exploding. Elvis goes and gets his last special car, a Pontiac Firebird Trans Am. It's the Bandit car on the hood. <laughs> Bam one. On the we s- just listened to the goods yesterday, and then we watched this, and I was like, "It's the Bandit." Car. <laughs> very excited about it. On the side of it, it says, from ashes, life springs anew. And then she's kept saying, big up. No, I would never rep big ups. <laughs> Not ever. Fuck you, Don Reddy, fuck you. Fuck your family. So Charles looks at the blood farm, and now it's completely empty. Then he goes to visit his daughter. Uh, she wants to see how she's doing. She's refusing to drink any blood, and in fact is drinking her own blood, mutating herself. James Van. He tries to talk to her, but she attacks him again, and soldiers drag her away. I want to watch the goods, thanks. <laughs> so now the U.S. is falling into martial law as monster vampires are running around the streets killing all kinds of people. there's no, like, there's no blood. <laughs> this is what would happen if there's vampires. Eventually there'd be too many vampires and you'd hit critical failure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Elvis, Audrey, and Ed <clears throat> go to the senator's cabin their other safe house uh, when they get there there's smoldering dusted soldiers out front and when they get inside everybody's dead and the senator is decapitated like all the humans were tranked and then bled dry mm-hmm. it looked like so Audrey says she's tired of running and Ed says he has one friend that might help them Chris he used to work with him military chains up the monster vampires and drags them all out into the sun I'm very upset by this. I need to talk to you guys about this. One of them (laughs) being Charles' daughter, Allison. They've gone around and they're rinding up all these, what did they call them? Uh, Sub-sliders or something? Sub-siders. Sub-siders. All right. Because they're slowly turning into monsters, Mm -hmm. which end up looking kind of like a cross between a vampire and a manta ray. Just going to put it out there. They're Nosferatu. (laughs) Yes. But so they round them all up. Okay. Obviously, and then we see news footage of people saying, well, we there's barely enough for us to eat. We obviously can't um, waste any food on these people. They're not. They're like sub. They're they're subhuman. They're less than us, so right. we can't. You know, which I don't know if anybody else saw this Nazi correlation, but if it was just me, but okay. So, anyways, that's funny. But, I saw it as an economic divide. The rich people are the people who have, you know, the gardeners and your lower class people I kind all of, became monsters because yeah. they couldn't afford the blood. Yeah. But I kind of <laughs> I kind of saw this little bit of, you know, they're less than us. They're subhuman. We yeah. round them all up. We kill them so that there's more for us. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of both. But okay. <laughs> so obviously they're going to kill them. I don't have any problem with this. I understand that this is what the movie is doing. This is the obvious, logical Thanos choice. Limited yes. resources. But the way they do it, okay, first they put them in shackles and shackle How them to a back the of a truck. on these monsters? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but we shackle them up and then we attach them to the back of the truck. And then we drive the truck five miles an hour out into the sunlight, I think they dragging can them up. Now, why didn't we put them in mm-hmm. a cage? 
<laughs> Why don't we put them in a cage and we drive the cage out into the desert? Why don't we put them in a pit and we open the pit? You tell me that they don't have a pit that they can just open the door and the sun shines in to kill people? <laughs> You're telling me that does not already exist? You're telling me that they don't have a way that they execute vampires? <laughs> like, why the hell did they pick pretty much the most horrific thing I've ever seen? I think they did that so we could see... Frankie watch Allison yeah. go out and we could see him being but, like holy shit what did I do well you're saying <laughs> I mean, it, it makes sense from the writing end but it doesn't make sense on the practical end mm-hmm. it's like obviously but, he they do that for Frankie but why would you do that at all like you know okay and John was like it reminded me of equilibrium okay yeah, yeah. because they made that woman walk to her fiery death yeah. it's the same it's a very same yes. thing yeah. he runs and tries to stop her she's already in the crematorium it's the parallels are there, but I would have preferred an interview with the vampire style. We're in a pit. Here comes the sun. We we die. Like yeah. why did we not do that? It's just as horrific. He could be watching her through, like, like he could be watching behind the protected glass as they open the garage door, and she like. Yeah. This was so upsetting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard to watch. And mm-hmm. I was like, why are they do? Why? Why is this the choice? There's so many ways you could do this that are equally upsetting that are not this. That probably would have been safer to get them into. Because I can't imagine trying to put all those shackles on those monstrous or just, <laughs> or just we have a big cage on the back of the truck and we throw them in and then we drive the mm-hmm. truck out and they explode. Why? What? What? Yeah. Well, I was... I'm sorry. I st- <laughs> you done? Well, Frankie... Watches Allison die. He's almost done with his notes, and you're not adding anything to this. You had a big thing there. A monster yet? Like she looks at him. She's aware. She's still aware of herself. Yeah, yeah. She hasn't become a monster, but she is going to. You haven't explained (laughs) their turning point as yet. (laughs) She hasn't become mindless. Well, Well, Frankie watches Allison die and starts to have doubts about his job and. As as he and watches about her Mr. burst, Bromley's intentions and... as he watches her burst into flames, and he turns behind him and looks, and all the soldiers that are with him are all like, "Yeah, bye, die, bitches," and all that. And they're all like into it, like really enjoying watching these people die. And he's like, "This is not." You also see like, like the I, rich people not watching humans, from vampires. the side yeah. who are starting to become that are in the initial stages yeah. of blood deprivation. And you do as see well. some people being like, "Oh shit, that's gonna be me." Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ed, Elvis, and Audrey break into Chris's home. Uh, it's a tense situation, but Ed explains, look, he has a like cure now. I there's not good enough security in these homes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if well, we before... are all vampires. They're still thieves. <laughs> They're still murderers. It's not like we all became vampires and all of a sudden everybody respects other people's property. <laughs> <laughs> My door still locks. We do still have security systems. If, if for some reason, turning everybody into vampires made it so there weren't crime anymore, then There's we wouldn't still gonna all be need security All it takes is one criminal to become a vampire to turn all his buddies into a vampire criminal enterprise. There's still vampire raci- rapists and stuff. You lock your fucking doors. Yeah. Nobody locks doors in this place. Or perhaps... Audrey is uh, is a master lock. It's, like, <laughs> it's a lock, pick. and you know, like 
these houses have to have like the hurricane shields to keep the sunlight out. So these are secure homes. Lock your damn door. What the fuck? Well, it's, all, it's all like super secure, and then the back door is just like a you know little screen door. Yeah, right. Is there a dog door for my vampire dog? Dog door. Vampire uh, Pomeranian. Blade but, three. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Ed says, look, he's got a cure now. They don't need to do this blood salute, blood substitution stuff. And Chris says, good. He's with them 100%. But then his phone rings, and Chris answers it, and he goes, look, this is my ex-wife. i got to take this in the other room. You don't want to hear all this shit. And they're like, yeah, okay, that's cool. But Audrey doesn't trust him. I kept waiting for um, Ed to go, he's not, he doesn't. Married. <laughs> yeah. I kept waiting for him to remember that this guy was not married because obviously he was lying to them the whole time. Mm-hmm. But Audrey gets up to go watch Audrey. Him. Audrey gets up to go Audrey's around. in Michigan. <laughs> Aud goes up and goes around the corner and watches him. And Lady A. Ed's shot with a Ed dart. sees that there's something in his coat light up and he eats his cell phone and he looks at him. He called the office. And then when Audrey goes around the corner. She gets shot by, or tranked by the the soldiers. Ed and Elvis fight their way out, and they go into the subwalk. They make it uh, to El- one of Elvis's old car places, but they're followed by a soldier. Inside, inside <clears throat> a monster vampire attacks Ed, but Elvis blasts her. Frankie comes in from behind, and he... Uh, sees that Ed is human again. Mm-hmm. And he offers it to Frank, or Frank refuses, and Frank says, no, he says, I, I don't want to be human. I, I like being a vampire. Is, I'm good at this. And I, I turned you into a vampire because you're weak, and you wouldn't have survived, and I can't live without you being around. Frankie says that, but he can help them run. Frankie said, relax. Yeah, just do it. He said, I'll help you get away. And they're like, but what about Audrey? And he's like, you can't help. He's like, like, you're you never going to get, get her. her. And it says, but if, you know, if you help, Frankie says, okay, but I'll help you. And then when Elvis goes to take his weapon from him, Frankie bites him and attacks Elvis. Because Frankie, I mean, you can see he's starting to degenerate. Yeah. And he sees, you see him and he just can't resist the human blood. But Ed yanks him off of him and... Uh, he pulled him off. Pulled him off. And he pulls a crossbow on him and he's going to kill him. Frankie starts convulsing. And Ed stops for a second and is shocked by what he sees. Then we but cut we to we don't see it. We but cut we to, don't know what he sees. We don't yeah. know what happened. And then we cut to Ed casually strolling into Bromley Marks. Him. I thought so too because he said that Elvis's blood was there was a toxin yeah. in it or something. There's diff- that his because he's different now. So I thought for sure that he would die or he would kill Frankie, <laughs> but that's not what happened. And I <laughs> and I thought he went in there to kill all the vampires by committing suicide. well he casually strolls into Bromley Marks and surrenders we see Audrey is tied down in Charles's office place like she's going to be his personal yeah he's like she's cut at both wrists and he's just drinking blood from her from which seems like that's not how you keep a blood supply alive you're a very smart man you have a business empire you slit her wrists that's how a person bleeds out, not how you keep someone alive so that you don't turn into a monster. And he does, we do learn that that Chris was able to make a substitute that is viable. Mm-hmm. However, he said himself, even if the substitute works, we still need to keep humans so that we can keep the high-level yeah. wealthy market running. So 
even if he knows I don't need her in three days, he still needs her. <laughs> well, yeah. Because he's going to he be also, one of the people that wants human blood. <laughs> but he also is dealing with the end of possible civilization and he's had to kill his daughter. He's may not be Yeah, but he didn't really seem way. to care that much. And that's yeah. really the thing about that turns Frankie is first Frankie sees him with his human daughter. And then he convinces Frankie to kill his human daughter and to turn her into a vampire. And then he murders his his vampire daughter when she doesn't cooperate and fall in line with his way of thinking. Mm-hmm. That is the horror horrificness yeah. that and Frankie turns Frankie. Helped him make that happen. But to be not to stick up for him because he's terrible. Yeah. To be fair, he has seen basically what's going to happen well, to all humans. They're going to be end up being blood banks, and he that's why I think that's why yeah. he wanted to. Well, turn he so wanted right. his daughter to be a vampire the whole time. Yeah. And then when like, she turned into a monster, there wasn't really much he could do. Yeah. Although they didn't really seem to be looking into any way to reverse this. Like yeah. so, if they are fed yeah, they human blood regularly, the trials on the monsters. No. Yeah, they turned <laughs> into monsters, but there was no experiment to see if regular human blood would then turn the monsters back into non-mindless beasts. Well, soldiers bring Ed into the office. Edward says, "Look, he messed up. He doesn't want to be human anymore. It's too hard, and he can never be free if he has to live like this, worried about death, scared." So he says, "Look, I have a cure, and I have a, and I offer it to you. Um, you can repopulate the humans and get your blood supply, everything that you want. All you have to do is turn, uh, turn me and Audrey, and then let us go. That's all I want." And Audrey's like, "I don't fucking yeah, want that." Like, yeah, she's very upset by yeah. this plan. Charles sends his guards out, and he says, "Look, everything's gone to shit, but Chris has finished the blood substitute, and it goes into production in two days." And so I don't need you, or you. We don't cure. need you. And like, I really thought it'd be. And you. I never wanted but, a cure. Yeah. I want to continue to make money. I need repeat customers. If I cure them, then where's my money coming from? And he said, also, <laughs> who the fuck wants to be cured? <laughs> he says, um, me. You're weak. <laughs> and he goes, he says, uh, that's another thing coward. about you is you're weak. You're a coward. And Ed says, well, that how did it feel to turn your daughter? Into a vampire. He says, oh, you didn't. That's right. You you couldn't do it, so you had my brother do it. So now he's the fucking coward. And Lois enrages Charles, and Charles bites Ed, <clears throat> drinks drinks from him, but then he falls off of him and stumbles away. Um, and he's like, what did you do to your blood? Yeah, what'd you do to me? We find out that not only does the sun flash cure or cure you and turn you human, it changes your blood into a cure for vampirism. Which so, is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Is this when we flash back to Frankie and Elvis and we see that Frankie has turned back human? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so Charles turns human again just in time to where he'll basically die of cancer. <laughs> oh, no. No, he doesn't. No, he says, no, he now doesn't. you're human again, so you get to die. Yeah. <laughs> We get a flash of Elvis. This is some great ju- vigilante justice right here. Oh, this is good vigilante. <laughs> they didn't even do the family prayer. Didn't need shepherds to. we shall yeah. be for thee, for love to thee. As an homage <laughs> to Die Hard, they duct tape him to a chair and put him down and send him down an elevator. And he wrote in there, ho, 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 now I have a shotgun. Well, we get a flash of Elvis. Machine gun, sorry. He's explaining how the world works to Ed. And he says, look, in the end, it doesn't matter. The sun comes up every day. Vampires have to hide from it, and humans don't. So vampires can never rule the earth. He says, Elvis Presley once said, that the truth is like the sun. 
you can shut it out for a good for a time, but it ain't going nowhere. So Bromley goes back to beg the uh And he said, Lord Almighty. <laughs> oh, Bromley goes back to being a terminally ill human and the soldiers rush in. Uh the they go down like he's like they said, you go he goes down in the elevator tied up and when it opens there's a bunch of starving vampires basically the soldiers looking at him and they say he's a human fuck it and they just jump on they him they rip him apart tear him apart and drink. one of them turns off, tears off his arm and one of them tears off his head mm-hmm. yeah but now they're all human yeah well yeah well slowly a couple at a time yeah. <laughs> these but are so many of them that so, when a couple stand up others no because that's different that's later oh that's, that's later, later. Yeah. Because we don't ever see what happens to these guys because we thought, because then we see Audrey and Ed try to leave. They run down the stairs. And they get, because they used him as a distraction. Mm-hmm. But then when they get into the, the foyer, the foyer, then they're surrounded by vamps. And we thought at first that it was going to be the guys who ate him that are now human, but it's not. It's completely different, more vamps. Maybe they went back up the elevator. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, they freaked out like, we're human now. We should probably hide. Yeah. And they're all standing there with guns, and you're like, oh, shit. And then the uh, firebird smashes through and hits all the, the soldiers. The bandit car. <laughs> and you're like, oh, fuck, it's Elvis. But it's not. It's his brother, Frankie. Frankie. And uh, basically he comes and tries to save him, but... He, he says, you don't have to do this. There's a cure. We can cure you. But they're too far gone. Yeah, and now there's a lot more vampires in there. And basically, uh, Frankie sacrifices himself so that Ed and Audrey can Run. get away. Mm-hmm. But a security guard grabs Audrey and yanks her away. And then Ed chases after him. And they kill these security guards. But they end up being in the security guard office, which is all locked up. And they can see on the cameras what's going on. And basically... Bunch of vampires kill Francis, drink him. Frankie. I mean, Frankie, Francis. He could have been a Francis. We don't know. Frankie. And uh, they turn human, and they stand up, and Francis. they're human. And then all the vampire soldiers yeah. jump on them and kill them, drink them. Then they turn human. And it's just this never-ending Eventually, cycle. there's a couple of very traumatized guys. And while we're in the security office watching the vampire, this vicious cycle happening to John, I says, well, eventually... They're going to get to some humans, and if they survive this trauma, they're very well equipped, and they might actually get out of this building. (laughs) So, let's see. Yeah, afterwards, there's just a handful of shaken human soldiers left. Um, Ed stares at his brother when Chris shows up with more, uh, with the remaining soldiers and the the machine gun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he shoots them all. And, you're, and he's gonna shoot Ed, and then and he Elvis, says, "There's no." He says, "Nobody can find out about a cure." Yeah, and then I Ed, can't let that happen. Ed crossbows, uh, Chris, killing him. He explodes. No, I thought Elvis did. I mean, Elvis does. Not he Ed. comes out of nowhere. Sorry, it's another E E E story. <laughs> That's why you don't do that. <laughs> so then the sun Audrey, rises. Allison, Ed, <laughs> Elvis. Throw a Hank in there, man. You know, Christina. Yeah. A hunk it. The sun rises, Elvis, Ed, and Audrey ride off to the sunrise in the Firebird, and now they are the resistance. They have a cure, and supposedly they can save everybody. And that's the end. What did you think, John? Oh, Lane's going to be mad now. <laughs> so, um, my favorite character was Elvis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My least favorite character was Charles, the... 
the Bromley, the, the head dad. Of the, yeah, yeah, Bromley. Charles Bromley. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite line is living in a world where vampires are the dominant species is about as safe as, a, as bear backing a $5 whore. <laughs> um, so being human. Mm-hmm. Being human. Living in a world... Being human in a world full of vampires is about as safe as a bear Look, this is what's on the damn IMDb, okay? <laughs> Whatever. Uh, my favorite scene is when they're turning Edward back into a human, and Elvis is burning him and then hosing him off with the... <laughs> the mask. Yeah, and he's got the, the blanket he keeps putting in water, and then he finally becomes human. Going back and forth. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. It's just, you know, never... It's convenient that they learned that they could just, like, leave a cup of their blood on the doorstep of a vampire. (laughs) And because people aren't signing up for this (laughs) fire treatment. No. No, they're definitely not going to tell them how it's happening. And my favorite tertiary object is going to be the Chrysler with the day mode. Mm. Chrysler, uh, that's the Chrysler 300. No, it's the Chrysler 2000. Chrysler 2000. (laughs) And oh yeah, the movie I I enjoyed it. Carly, I'll, I'll watch it again. All right, my favorite character also Elvis. My least favorite character also Mr. Bromley. <laughs> my <laughs> favorite scene was the stuff with his daughter, like her capture. Then they turn her. It it happens split up. Yeah, but I think they could have done the stuff with his daughter. They could have done a lot more with that, but I I also liked that the movie's just an hour and a half. Yeah. So, um, my out. favorite line is, "How'd you feel to change your daughter? Oh, you couldn't do it. You made my brother do it. So who's the coward?" Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's exactly how it was because it wasn't on the IMDb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my rough. favorite tertiary object was the teeth. I kind of liked it. Like a lot, of, a lot of vampire lore does teeth in different ways, and they just had these little subtle fangs that were always there. They didn't disappear, and mm. um, but I. Other than the fact that they were still messy when they ate, when they weren't being well, they were served starving. blood, yeah. <laughs> and I'm I was with Elaine with the when Audrey was in the thing yeah, and Drud's tough. blood stripping down like you wouldn't let that happen if you're starving you wouldn't also let it ruining happen. your couch <laughs> yeah right <laughs> although at this point it's been ten years where we've been the majority of our vampires we have perfected how to get That's blood true. out of fabric. That's true. <laughs> Um, that's pretty much all you have to do is get blood out of stuff. But I do love a story that's about how do we find a food solution to vampirism. <laughs> all right, every vampire would be like, we're going to turn people. It's like, yeah, but eventually we're going to have people. <laughs> yeah. I do. That tends to be that's my favorite problem, part cause... of vampire movies is when we look at how do we make this sustainable. Yeah. And that's what this whole movie was, so I really liked it. <laughs> Elaine? Let me write down Carly and John. All right, my favorite character is Elvis, but my least favorite character was Frankie. Mm. I have a big problem with my brother who decides that I need to be a vampire when he knows this is the last thing I want in my entire universe. Um, also, he the and later, so like he did that to me on you know, ten years ago, nine years ago, whatever it was. But then he constantly betrays me. He shows up at my house with blood. He knows I don't want. He follows me to this to my and... secret meeting. He, <laughs> Yeah. He turns me into my boss. He, you know, <laughs> he follows me again when I'm running away from my, you know, <laughs> trying to escape. 
And then he attacks my friend. Yeah. Like, he's a real douchebag. I have a problem with that. And I actually really liked um, Sam Neill's evil, corporate evil vampire. I just thought Sam it was... Sam Neill's always good. It was a very good character. Uh, my favorite scene is walking into work like a boss. So when he came in as a human and he just, like, walked in and he was like, fuck it, here I am, take yeah. me. Bite me, motherfucker. It's because he knew that if you bite me, you'll be human. Although they're, they're still yeah. very lax about biting me. It's like, you're still getting bit. <laughs> like, you still yeah. might get a jugular and you might still die in five seconds. That's the, um, and my favorite tertiary object is obviously the bandit car. I didn't pick that, just for you. I know, I appreciate you. <laughs> That's why I said um, Lindsay McMahon's like, ah, I'll pick something else. Oh, my favorite line I have to go with my backup is, fuck it, I do love a good barbecue. Which, when they know that they're evacuating the winery and he's like, no, we have to stay. We might not be able to do this experiment somewhere else. And uh, Elvis says, fuck it, I do love a good barbecue. So, this movie is very interesting. Um, I like that, you know, that is, this is what would really happen if they were vampires. Because no matter how many times you tell people, you can't turn all the humans into vampires or we won't have anything to eat. There's still going to be people who are constantly turning people into vampires. They're mm-hmm. not going to listen. And it's only going to be, there will be select enclaves that will have humans. Mm-hmm. And it will be like cattle farms. It won't be like this. But it would be like enclosed cattle farms that are protected by military where humans are kept as food. You know? Mm-hmm. And... I remember, fish are friends, not food. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people will be killed because then... Those dumbasses that kept turning people into vampires are not, you know, they're going to try to rob these places for food. And, you know, mm-hmm. it'll be, you know, mass hysteria. Dogs and cats living but together. I like the evil corporation. I like the, I like that Ethan Hawke had such a moral conundrum about, I don't want to eat people. I would <laughs> rather eat pig's blood and find a solution. And... The thing, though, that bothered me the most is when um, they're in Bromley's office and he's like, I don't need the cure because we found the substitute. But he still does need the cure because he still does need actual humans because there's always people that are going to play. He just doesn't seem to get it. There's always, but he's a businessman. You're the one that should get it. So there's always going to want to be people, vampires, who want to hunt their food or who want the real thing. Like, this is great. So now he's got the best of both worlds. (laughs) But at the same time, there's a point when uh, Ed says that he doesn't remember being human. And then, and this is that maybe that Bromley has just gone too far that he can't think straight that this is also really good. But I really like this movie and I would happily watch it again. All right. Tony? My favorite character is Lionel Elvis Cormac. Mm -hmm. My least favorite character was a tie between Charles and Frankie. I was really having a hard time with both their characters because both of their characters were kind of written not that well. Mm-hmm. Because Frankie's supposed to have this redemption arc, but it's really weak. Mm-hmm. You get it. He's trying to protect his brother the whole time. He's yeah. like, I'm and making you a vampire. Losing his mind. Because and they're going to take you if I don't make you a vampire. Yeah, even when he made, I made you a vampire because it's the only way to save your life because you're going to end up in a fucking blood farm. Yeah. And you're too cowardly to just do it. And then I will follow you around and, and keep trying to keep you away from these fucking humans because it's bad. But then once you're human again, it's like, fuck. So I kind of get it, but, you know, at a certain point, this man's 35. He's not your little brother. Any, you know what you're I mean? his little brother. Yeah. So let him, mm-hmm. let him be. Um, my favorite scene 
is uh, I like the opening when when it, when they're kind of settling in you into vampire world yep. and like they're sitting at the subway and the, it goes black but it's all these little red eyes. There's like all mm-hmm. these little weird vampire things. I think it's really cool. My favorite line is the Elvis when the Elvis quotes Elvis. I thought mm-hmm. it was really cool. And Lord Almighty. My favorite tertiary object was going to be the Pontiac Firebird, but now it's going to be Aud- Audrey's bra because it wasn't in the movie. <laughs> and I'm just like, what is? Why can't this chick wear a bra? Because she's she's cutting glass the whole movie, and I'm like, can you just get this girl a bra? Honestly, what, what does that mean to her character? Apocalypse. I'm, I'm Honestly, would she still have clothes as nice as she does if she's been on the run for ten years? <laughs> I mean, clothes are clothes, though. Everybody, you know, it's not like. Yeah, but they can go to the vampire store and buy clothes. Yeah, They're but beautiful. I can break into <laughs> vampires' houses and steal clothes. Yeah, yeah. clothes wouldn't be as. I don't think it's hard to find. Maybe she Obviously, just hasn't I, found a yeah, bra yeah. that's the right size. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I know what you're saying. I Society is broken down. I don't have okay. to wear a bra. That's for only you for vampires. Sure. So then I was thinking after it was over, mm-hmm. how do they move forward with trying to cure the vampires? Because they would really have to do it like one vampire at a time, or it's not safe. <laughs> yeah, like they and would they're have, gonna to, have do... to start drawing their own blood. I mean, <laughs> it's I mean, a good point. So they're not Keep being chewed up. <laughs> this is a very good point. Because, like, Elvis is attacked by Frankie, and he practically has his throat ripped out. And the same thing happens to Ed. That's not something you just recover from. No. That's a lot of blood loss. Yeah. And I can't just walk up to isolated vampires and offer myself up as food. I think you no. would. What I would do is I would have all of us and whoever extract as much of our blood as we can and keep fresh, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then we infiltrate blood banks and or wherever they're keeping whatever blood they have and putting yeah. it in there secretly oh, so they don't know. So they don't know they're being... I mean, it wouldn't be would, great, but, but it'd be But you have to make sure they're not in a crowd, otherwise but you would they're just going to get... <laughs> but you would need a vampire on the inside for that. Yeah. And but shit, at this so point... Scarce, at this point, just fucking get some blood bags and throw them on the fucking street and everybody will drink them. That's and then they're that's all true. cured because everybody's starving. Well, you just have to do it's it in small be, batches. Yeah. Well, but that's going to be the same thing as what happened in that lobby. Yeah. Is yeah. that you're going to turn five people into human and then ten people are going to attack them. And then those ten people will turn into humans and then fifty people will attack. And then at the end, you get six really traumatized people yeah. <laughs> who just participated in this never and are surrounded by 600 dead bodies. Yeah. Yeah. And they're the last human standing. And the only reason they're the last human standing is because they were the last one to rip off somebody's arm. Like, had, it's really upsetting. They should have had the senator live and he was rolling out this plan with this new blood or now, something. I thought there was going to be, like at the end when they do the voiceover and they're like, we found the thing. I kind of was expecting it to be a television broadcast. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought was going to happen. They were going to the senators, and there would be some kind of broadcast of them saying that we have found the cure. If you want the cure, call 555 Cure Us. <laughs> like a way for them to find vampires who wanted to become you. Like that's what I thought was going to yeah. end up. That there would be some kind of you broadcast. You can become a monster because you're going to yeah, telling or you can telling the vampire population that we have found a cure and it's out there and you know. Or maybe Ed can maybe Ed can mix the blood substitute with it and do a gradual thing where everybody kind of fades to being. I don't know that blood substitute. Well, we'll look forward to that in Daybreakers 2, Electric Boogaloo. Yep. Yeah, that's not really good. All right. Break in two. Well, please find us on Facebook.com slash the underappreciated movie podcast. You can email unmoviepodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. 
And hi to Ben and Nikki. This is Nikki's favorite vampire movie, she once told me, when we had a long discussion about vampires. Really? Really. I can see why, though. It's a good one. The Solitaire. This is not my favorite vampire And stay tuned next week on the podcast. For Carly's pick, we're going to do 10 things I hate about me. Only 10? (laughs) You mean the taming of the shrew? Yeah. (laughs) Well, that'll be interesting. A little Heath Ledger action for you. I know what my favorite line is. Um, Lord of the Dance. No. I'm going to show somebody else what the plan is. No. I have a... I I just... My parents just bought me a Tercel tutorial. That's not my favorite line, but it's a fun line. Trying to get the lines from that movie. See, this is underwear. I can't tell you because you're still recording. Oh. I liked last week when you guys didn't know I was still recording it. And then you're like, so we, what, what day are we podcasting next week? When we moved out to podcast business. Are you still recording? Yeah. All right, well, it's over. Oops. Oops. Podcast is over. Why are you still here? <laughs>